everyone, and welcome to the Shameless Picture Show podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nick Richards, and not joining me today is your other beloved co-host, Michael Byers. Michael has had a few solo episodes where he's waxed philosophical about various uh, film-related topics, and guess what? It's my turn now. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Because I have the microphone. So, hello. Uh, with us today is my daughter, Elena Richards. Elena, you want to say hi? No. No? Hey, uh, so we're doing a podcast about movies. Okay. Would you like to tell everybody at home what your favorite movie is? Mm-hmm. Which, go ahead and say it in the mic. Say it real loud. Loud and clear. Loud and proud. Elena of Avalor. You haven't even seen that yet, have you? Oh, it's on right now. Why is it your favorite? Because her name is Elena, and I really like the parts in the movie. Nice. All right. Well, Dad's going to finish up his podcast, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Elena, everybody. So I thought I would take today to look back over the course of my life through the lens of the films that, uh, not necessarily my favorite films, we've discussed favorite films in the past, more like um, signposts, if you will, the the moments that I had with cinema that looking back represent points in my life. Uh, if you'll go back to the, the scene in High Fidelity when he's reorganizing his record collection. I guess it looks as if you're reorganizing your records. records. Yeah. Um, what is this, uh, chronological? No. Not alphabetical. Nope. What? Autobiographical. No fucking way. Yep. That sounds... Comforting. Yes. That is what I'm trying to do here in a, in a truncated sense uh, with film. So uh, I guess I'll just get right into it. It's weird not having somebody else to talk with. I'm just talking to you directly. It's intimate. Romantic even. So I wrote a couple notes here. It looks like I got two, four, five, six, seven main films or TV shows. A couple of TV shows thrown in. Um, and I started with Goonies. It's a film, one, one of my favorites from when I was a kid. Uh, probably, you know, not necessarily my earliest film memory, but I, I feel like that film captures the the spirit of my childhood, or maybe even represents the childhood that I wish I had. You know, the childhood that we that we think romantically on, even if it didn't actually happen that way. Um, and you can see that spirit captured in the new Netflix series, Stranger Things, which clearly uses the Goonies as one of its many inspiration sources, as well as E.T., and, you know, the, the list goes on and on, which is one of the things that makes people of my generation look so fondly on that series. Um, but 
What's really cool about Goonies, and, it, and it's certainly not exclusively Goonies, there are plenty of films that capture this, it's, it's that sense of adventure through friendship that, I mean, even when I watch things like How I Met Your Mother, um, shows that have a, a more of an ensemble cast that focuses on a group of strong friends that spend a lot of time together, um, you always leave those, or I do, I leave those narratives thinking so longingly on those groups of friends. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. I have many people that I'm close to, many people that I like, but there's something so cool about having four to eight friends that do everything together and go on these crazy adventures together that, again, perhaps it's, um, you know, nostalgia painting things in, in a rosy uh, color, but it may, maybe it's the, the childhood that I long for, whether or not I actually had it. And overall, it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. As a filmmaker, that's the kind of film that I want to make. I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking to create an Oscar winner or, or a, a dramatic romance that captures life. Like, I want to create things that are fun in, in, in the spirit of the Goonies. Hey, kid, I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. 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 Okay, I'll talk. <laughs> in third grade, I cheated on my history exam. In fourth grade, I stole my Uncle Max's toupee and I glued it on my face when I played Moses in my Hebrew school play. In fifth grade, I knocked my sister Edie down the stairs and I blamed it on the time. My mom sent me to a, to a summer camp for fat kids. And then was during lunch, I got nuts and I pigged out and they kicked me out. But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home, and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, this is that I made a noise like this. And then I dumped it over the side. Oh, and all the people in the audience, then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. Mom, they're going to like this kid, Mom. <laughs> Hit puree! No! I'm too young! No! So moving on, um, I picked one that I think kind of represents my high school experience. Uh, and it was some, a film that I discovered in high school, and that is SLC Punk. Well, sure, you know, there's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. And they were fools, they'd say. Anarchy in the UK. You see, posers. Anarchy in the UK. What the fuck's that? 
What good is that to those of us in Utah, America? It was a sex pistol thing, right? They were from England. They were British. That's what they did. They were allowed to go on about anarchy in the UK. You don't live your life by lyrics. I mean, that's all you ever heard from these trendy fucks. Like, uh, do you hear the new Smiths album? It's fucking terrific. SLC Punk was my introduction to indie film, really. And there was something so... I mean, the, the film is gritty as it is, but it represents that, that grittiness of independent filmmaking that maybe, uh, you know, I can't say categorically but uh, perhaps was the first seed planted in my head of this is something that you could do um, it's it's a film about identity in many ways and of course everyone in high school is searching for themselves uh, whether or not they find themselves is another question um, and you know I was certainly searching for an identity and I took many things from this. I didn't go full on punk, but I definitely borrowed elements of it as an inspiration from that movie to help define myself and separate myself in high school. And it got me really into movies to the point that, um, you know, <laughs> speaking back to what I said about Goonies, uh, with SLC punk, it kind of inspired me that and, and Nightmare on Elm Street together inspired me to start a movie club in school. Not not an official extracurricular, but I just talked to a bunch of friends that all seemed to dig the idea. And we just got together every once in a while, every couple weeks, and uh, did like a mini movie marathon. And it was probably the first structured socializing that I did, and it was really cool that, that there were there was a group of people that were as into it as I was. I was a I was a huge dork for this kind of stuff, and and the fact that there were other people that were e equally as nerdy about it was really fulfilling. Really, uh, you know, I didn't feel like a weirdo quite as much. Um. So, and that movie club meant a lot to me. Uh, and then an honorable mention from this era are Kevin Smith's Red Bank films. Tell him, Steve, Dave. Clerks and Dogma in particular. Chasing Amy was good too, but romantic drama never spoke to me in that way. So while Chasing Amy is a great film, I was more drawn towards Clerks and Dogma. Uh, so after, after high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I was in band and seemed to be kind of good at it, so I went on to college in Wisconsin for music. And it, it didn't really land. Uh, the The teacher there told me that I really wasn't any good and to think about something else. And as I was debating what to do now after the the rug had gotten pulled out from under me, I thought back to a moment that had happened you know, a few weeks earlier. Um, while I really enjoyed watching films, I didn't really consider myself a cinephile necessarily, though some of my classmates, my, my friends in the program, had said, hey, which is perfect for the spirit of this particular podcast, they, they found out that I had never seen Silence of the Lambs and had that instant gut check reaction of, what? 
you've never seen Silence of the Lambs. How could that be? And so we all got together one evening in the dorm room, and they exposed me to the great film. Amputate a man's leg, and he can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore. And so as I was struggling with what to do next, I think my experience saying Silence of the Lambs really helped steer me into filmmaking. Um, it's not... Because it's based on a novel, you get, you get this a lot with uh, films that are adaptations from novels, it didn't have a typical narrative structure. It bounces around a bit. There's not a clear... I mean, Clarice is certainly the protagonist, but you're looking at other stories through her lens. So um, there's there's also not a single antagonist. You have Buffalo Bill, who's kind of the your introductory antagonist, and remains so throughout the story, but how does Hannibal Lecter fit into that you know, binary. He does it. He's outside of it. He's he's both a protagonist and an antagonist in certain senses. So that really intrigued me. It's a really great example of good storytelling, and helped propel me onto the career that I have now. An honorable mention from from this period, and we talked about it in our last recording, though I don't believe we've posted it yet. Is it's a wonderful life. Uh, it's a film that is I still consider my favorite film of all time, and it that that final scene, the whole film, but that final scene when all of his friends come and are and are helping him out of the worst moment of his life really spoke to me in that very difficult part in my life. It it was the reminder that. You're going to get through this. There are things that are much more important, and it's all going to be fine. Uh, so then shortly after uh, my experience at that school, I got married to my high school sweetheart, who I am still head over heels in love with. Um, and we we began our lives together. And I, I put down two things to kind of represent this time in my life. Um, both TV shows, both uh, shows that we've talked about in the past on the podcast, and that's The Simpsons and Boy Meets World. And they're, they're shows that this was right when DVDs were becoming popular. Uh, I purchased as every Simpsons DVD set when it was released, and, and Boy Meets World I managed to find all of and collect them all. Um, but there are re really two reasons, and they're not entirely unrelated. Uh, first off... Many of the episodes in both of those series um, revolve around marriage and relationships and families, um, and and this was at a time when I was starting mine. Uh, but more than that, there were both shows that I had watched before I met my wife. And at this point in my development, I found I I, I recognized that I was beginning to relate more to the parents in the shows than I was the kids. And and we were far, you know, years from having kids yet. Um, but just becoming married and starting my own life, I 
I found myself relating to the storylines of the parents of the show rather than the storylines of the kids, and that was really fascinating for me to to recognize that. Uh, I'm just a big toasty cinnamon bun. I never want to leave this bed. Uh-oh. Gotta take a whiz. Think, man. Think. Think, think, think. I better get up. So a few years go on, and we do finally have our first kid, or, you know, as as my wife was pregnant with Elena, whom you heard from before. And as many couples do, when a baby is on the way, you spend a lot of time indoors, sitting on your butt and eating. Uh, and what else do you do but watch movies and TV? The one film that I will always associate with that time is Away We Go. But your wedding was so good. Yeah. Really good. It was. It was really good. The wedding was good. Marriage is great. But what you need to be happy and sane is this. What's that? This. Okay. Watch this. Okay? Here's you two guys. Really? Okay. Here's you two guys. Okay, so you guess. You do other things, and then you make a baby. The baby comes in there, and he nestles in, and you guys hug and get real tight. And then we do this. And this. Yeah. And this. It's a bedpost. <laughs> it's your house. <laughs> well, what is this? Is that a home? Is that a family? Yep. No. No. Of course not. That's just the raw material, the people, the walls, the furniture. Okay, so that's the basics, but that's not a home. That's not a family. What binds it all together is this. Awesome. That's awesome. This is love. Wow. I knew it. Yes. Wow. Here you go. Oh. Oh, this is your love, guys. Here it comes. The patience your consideration, your better selves. Man, you just have no idea how good you can be, but you have to use all of it, all of it. It's not like simple masonry where you use a little layer of mortar between each row of bricks. No, with this, you have to use tons of it. For every brick, there's a half ton of mortar. I thought we were doing syrup. <laughs> mortar, syrup, syrup, mortar, it's all the same. It's the glue. It's all those good things you have in you, the love, the wisdom, the generosity, the selflessness, the patience. Patience. At 3 a.m., when everyone's awake because Abraham's sick and we oh. can't find the bathroom <laughs> and he just puked in Katya's bed. Patience when you blink. When you blink. And it's 5.30 and it's time to get up again and you know you're going to be tired all day, all week, all your fucking life. And you're thinking, what happened to Greece? What happened to swimming naked off the coast of Greece? And you have to be willing to make the family out of whatever you have. You have to be so much better than you ever thought. Another great independent film. Uh, stars John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph as a young married couple pregnant with their first child. And they, they realize in the beginning of the film that they are going to move somewhere and kind of start a new chapter and so they they visit several different cities most of which they have an acquaintance a friend in that city and it just follows this journey of them considering where they're going to live and what they're going to do as they become parents um and both both 
John and Maya knocked it out of the park. The The performances are stellar. It, it has this lightness that, you, you know, particularly with John Krasinski's character, brings that, you know, boyish charm that he has in the office. Uh, and Maya Rudolph, who is usually very funny, I, I love her comedy, um, brought a very dramatic performance to this movie. And those two balanced off of each other really well. Uh, and and helped set this kind of somber tone, som- somber but hopeful, and comedic without being silly. Um, just overall, it's a beautiful film, and many people have not seen it, and I encourage everyone, especially if they have kids or are going to have kids, to watch it. It's really cool. An honorable mention from this time, another film that came out while my wife was pregnant with my daughter, was Knocked Up. You know, certainly different in tone, uh, but it's, you know, a hilarious look at pregnancy. Uh, Though, didn't necessarily personally relate to the whole don't have your shit together during that time. It was still just a lot of fun to to see that film during that time in our lives. So that kind of brings us up to the present. Uh, it's been about, uh, let's see, my daughter's going to turn seven in about in less than a month. Uh, I'm starting to feel old, tired, <laughs> and lame. Um, and this is the, the one that I struggled with the most. What, first off, I don't get the chance to see much anymore uh, as a dad and, and a I have a career now and doing all this stuff. I just don't have as much time. Uh, There's not as much to pick from. Um, What I ended up coming up with, you know, we watch a lot of Walking Dead. We love This Is Us. A lot more TV shows than than film. Uh, One is it's just its availability without needing to bring kids to a movie theater. You know, this is something that we can do from home. But it's also the kind of the, the changing... Uh, environment of media consumption the a lot more good stories are being told in television than 10 20 years ago and uh, fewer great stories not to say that there aren't great stories being told in film there certainly are but uh, in terms of convenience of good original stories it's not there the way that it was 10 20 years ago um we still have fun at the theater. We go out and we see, you know, uh, my wife and my daughter just went to see Beauty and the Beast. They had a really great time. I got to take my daughter to the new Ghostbusters film, which was amazing. But I think the the, the series that I chose is Critical Role. Welcome, everyone, to tonight's episode of Critical Role, where a bunch of us nerdy-ass voice actors sit around and play Dungeons & Dragons. Run. I have it. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm so, 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 so sorry. The other loving unicorn rainbow fluffer. Please. And you? Oh, uh, I'm Percival Fredrickson von Musil the role you prefer. What a fail of a motherfucking turn. Wait. Leave when Burt Reynolds tells you to leave. <laughs> I encourage, I encourage violence. No matter what Mercer throws at me, I promise. Come on. You wanna see that? 
Essentially black powder. Yes, yes, come in. I'm sorry, was I being summoned? <laughs> Flybot Magnum, move! d &D's fun. Not a typical TV show. Um, and I chose it for a couple reasons. If you aren't familiar with it, which wouldn't surprise me in the least, it is a recurring series on Twitch that they then port over to YouTube. Um, and it's a group of professional voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons. To which you say, wow, what a nerdy thing to watch. And it is, I grant you that. Um, but if you can look past the D&D stuff, or if you're into the D&D stuff and watch it for that, what you'll get exposed to as a secondary thing is this really cool story of a group of adventures with a single long arcing narrative. It plays surprisingly like Game of Thrones would, or, or these other, you know, long form narratives. Um, because it's presented in the way that it is, and because these are professional actors playing it, it is performed as much as it is played. And I find that very cool. It's also a really great example of these non-traditional formats that are happening nowadays. Media isn't as singular as it used to be. It's not like if you want to watch a story, you go see a movie, or you watch a TV show. There are these alternate forms where you can dig up great storytelling. It also just in general represents my love of gaming that has become more important to me in the last few years. But that's it. That's kind of me through the lens of movies. Um, again, these, these aren't my favorite films um, or shows, though I don't think there are any bad ones on the list. Um, it's just kind of a, a, I thought, a cool way to look back at my life in this kind of scrapbook format, um, but through film. So that's it. I, I talked your ear off for about 20 minutes. Um, as, as always, I just want to point out that this has been a really cool experience for me, and I know it has for Michael as well. Um, I, I never thought about creating a podcast that, that came from Michael. He, he was really into creating a podcast. I took it on because it was something cool to create with a buddy of mine and seeing how many people watch it. And seeing your comments come in both on the SoundCloud page and on the Facebook page is cool. It's it's feedback. It's you know, I I like creating anything in any format and whenever anyone reacts to it, whenever it gets attention on any level, that's the reward that keeps me doing it. So thank you so much. Um We'll see you back here in two weeks with another episode. Uh, this one should have Michael in it. We, uh, we've already recorded one. Uh, just have to finish the edit on it. And we have a lot more cool stuff that we're planning on, some of which is further along than others. But uh, we're going to keep doing it. So thank you all. Uh, keep watching movies. Keep checking in with us. Let us know what you want to watch. Let us know what you haven't seen. Uh, let us know, challenge us, say, you know, I bet you've never heard of this, and maybe we haven't, and if we haven't, we'll do an episode on it. Um, all right, that's it. You don't have to suffer through me any longer. We'll catch you next time. Peace!